Well, a dog and an elephant got pregnant on the same day, and after three months, the dog gave birth to a litter of pups. A few months later, the dog's pregnant again and gives birth to another litter of pups, and after 18 months, the dog says to the elephant, I thought we got pregnant on the same day. I already produced a dozen puppies, and you have produced nothing. What's the go here? The elephant says to the dog, there's something you just don't understand. I'm not carrying a bunch of puppies. I'm carrying an elephant. When I release what I'm carrying, the earth will feel its impact. <laughs> what I'm carrying is powerful. Say to the next person next to you, say, hi, elephant. Moses carried a nation-shaking anointing for 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert. Didn't look like much was happening. But then the burning bush, and he gave to birth, he gave to birth and delivered a nation. Some of you have been carrying something for a long time. And people are wondering that you're not amounting to much. Well, I believe that you and I are about to give to birth something significant, something powerful. For sure, I know I am. For sure, I know I am. And I believe as a church, we've been carrying something powerful for a long, long time. I've been here 34 years. But believe me, friends, when I say the time has come, and we're going to birth and the community and the nation is gonna feel the impact. And a big aspect of what I'm talking about today is our conference, New Zealand and Beyond. To those of you who are new, and there are many, New Zealand Beyond is a conference that we hold annually. Uh, in the last three or four years, it's been in the trust arena. And it's probably the single most important ministry of Church Unlimited that we have been given. Why is that? Because it's a vehicle God's given us to minister to the body of Christ, to help revive the church of New Zealand, and also to turn this nation back to Jesus. It is a massive and a huge calling from God, because we are not about just building our church. Our vision is to build the church. Our passion is not just about building our kingdom. Our passion is to build the kingdom. And that's what separates New Zealand and beyond probably from everything else we do because it shifts us from a focus on ourselves to a focus on the wider body of Christ. And Church Unlimited loves the body of Christ. We are champions for the body of Christ. Big churches, small churches, big pastors, small pastors, doesn't matter to us. We love the body of Christ. And New Zealand Beyond is a vehicle God has given us to minister to the conference uh, to the body of Christ. So we've got a clip for you that we're just going to show you right now that gives you some idea of what next year's conference is about. Coming together. 
together as community, coming together as family, hearing the word of God together. One of the things that really excites me about New Zealand and beyond, and one of the purposes of it, is actually to bring the church together. With New Zealand and Beyond 2023, we have made one change, and that is that we're bringing the conference back on. We're delighted to have Russell Evans speak at our conference next year. He heads up with his wife, Sam, Planet Shakers, which is literally impacting the nations of the world. It's a thrill to have David Hall come to speak at New Zealand and beyond for the very first time. He's one of these young up and coming leaders in the body of Christ and a great preacher of the word of God. We'd just love to invite you and have you join with us at New Zealand and Beyond 2023. Look forward to seeing you. I mean, how good is our media department? I mean, how good are they? Gosh, I looked at it and I, I, I get inspired just uh, checking it out and seeing what God's going to do next year. So as you heard then, we're... Next year, just for next year, uh, we're bringing the conference back. We're going to host it right here in our church home, and you'll be glad that the parking will be a bit easier uh, for you. But uh, I think one of the things that we can do for next year is we can take our hosting and our care of everyone who comes, the body of Christ, just to another level. And I think uh, it's really what people need right now. Now, one of the challenges is going to be fitting everybody in. Uh, this building is a quarter of the size of the arena, and so um, it is going to be, uh, well, a, a bit of a challenge to do that, but uh, we trust that God's going to help us to work that through. So what I would encourage you to do, so you don't get angry with us, is to register today. I mean, you can do it. They're gonna be, they'll be waiting out there, the desk, the information desk. In fact, you've got these forms with you right now. If you want to grab those, uh, there's two, there's different ones. You might want to make sure you get the right one. This is just for a delegate, and this one's for volunteers, all right? So the volunteers is 50, the delegates is 60. We're keeping the prices right down because of the financial struggles people are facing right now. So if you want to grab one of those, if you've got the wrong one, just get, get one off the person next to you, and you can fill those in right now and take them to the information desk. Um, at the end of the service. Also, you can register online. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. Okay, so um, these will be available. Uh, book as soon as you can. I just would encourage you uh, to do that, please. But I'm really excited about our keynote speakers. Now, you may not know, these guys are in demand <laughs> across the globe, seriously. But what I love about next year's speakers, so Russell Evans, David Hall, myself, and Jody as well, is that we are all people of the Holy Spirit and all passionate for revival and passionate for a move of God. So you're gonna get it from every angle, you know, the, the, the work of the Spirit of God, reviving the church, releasing God's power. And so I'm, I'm really expectant with this lineup of speakers that God is gonna be able to do something very significant in our midst. The goal is that every person who comes is gonna leave renewed, refreshed, uh, restored, and refired. Everyone that comes, and I think with God's help, we're gonna be able to do that. And you gotta believe me when that is what is needed. I'll tell you a bit more about that soon uh, throughout the body of Christ right now. Now, some of you might say, well, but can't we have that on any Sunday? 
Well, yes, to a measure you can, but when you set aside three days <laughs> and you lock into God, you're, you're not distracted, you know, you're, not, you're there for an extended per- period of time, you're, not, you, you're able to focus in, in the presence of God, in the house of God with worship, the word, and all the rest of it, and when you do that, you're positioned for God to do something powerful. That's why camps are so amazing, uh, because it's time that is set aside. Do you know that if you read through Scripture, especially through the Old Testament, you're going to find that throughout the year, God's people gathered for feasts and for celebrations, yeah. often for three days, even more days, and they would just, they'd all come together, and they would just rejoice, and they would celebrate, and it's a biblical, and it's a right thing to do uh, to, for God's people to get. So New Zealand and beyond comes right out of the heart of Scripture, getting together, because when we come together for an extended, extended period of time, God can do something that doesn't happen on just a you know, one and a half hour service on a Sunday morning. Uh, come, and so God is able to build in the realm of the Spirit and see something fantastic take place. So I've got a verse for next year's conference. It's gonna surprise you. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Some of you may know it. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I want next year's conference to be marked by those three words, among everything else, all right? But those three words. So let's look at each one of these just for a few moments. The first one is faith. Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, let it be unto you. And then 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3 says, your, Lord, well, no, it says, your faith grows exceedingly. Tell the person next to you, your faith can grow exceedingly. Is it, who's excited about that? Your faith can grow exceedingly, and then according to your faith, be it unto me. So here's the prayer that I'm teaching us all to pray on a regular basis. Luke 17, verse five, Lord, increase my faith. Well, it says our faith there, but increase our faith, increase my, why don't we say that right now? Lord, increase my faith. Close your eyes, make it a prayer. Lord, increase my faith. God just heard that prayer and he's gonna increase your faith. I mean, as many of you know, I pray that probably every day and it's just a minute, mate, my faith's just going. And I just think, is it, I think, God, is it that easy? It's like God saying, it is, it's that easy. You have not because you ask not. Right. What you need more than anything else is faith. Yeah. Our whole thing, our whole walk is by faith. Once you have faith, it's easy. And uh, so my faith is growing. If you keep praying that, let's try it again one more time. Lord, increase my faith. Wow, it's gonna be increasing. Let me just tell you a few stories, a few testimonies that have come through recently. Because as we used, you know, the power of God's been increasing in this place. It's been amazing, I trust, across all our campuses. But here's one that came through recently. A person had a back injury over a year ago. They went to the physio, went to the chiropractor, and that kind of wasn't doing the job, so they quit. And then they came along to a service. Do you remember a few weeks ago in the service, I got him on a stand, and I said, now just talk to Jesus, whatever you want to say to him. We got feedback on that. People love doing that. And so people did that. This, this lady says to us that when she did that, she must have put her hand on her back and she said, immediately my back became straight and all the pain disappeared. And her husband said, I saw your back straighten up. God is moving, friends. It's just a wonderful, wonderful testimony that we heard. And, uh, but there's, there's, there's more than those as well. Uh, some of you came, oh, Last Sunday night, there was something special, wasn't there? That water baptism service. 
I've not been in one like that. There was something in the air, something in the atmosphere. You know, water baptisms are a fantastic thing. Anyway, a couple of testimonies that came through from that one person being water baptized said that they'd been instantly, listen for this, set free of 24 years meth addiction. How many of you reckon our nation needs deliverance from meth addiction? Right? So right here, friends, God is starting to do it. Another person testified and that uh, they said they had also, they'd been set free of an alcohol addiction. Amazing, isn't it? Addictions are being broken in Jesus' name. And look, there's so many more testimonies that I could share with you, but uh, we'll keep some others for another time. But imagine, <laughs> is what I'm getting to, get, getting to, is for three days, we're pursuing the power of God, the presence of God, you know, the miracles of God. I think we can expect something amazing to happen. So faith. But the second one that I want to mark our confidence by is hope. Hope. Do you know so many Christians, pastors, churches have lost hope? I want next year to be a hope conference. Who's up for that? A hope conference where it's just hope is in the air. You probably need it yourself. Hope is in the atmosphere. One author wrote, you can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. When there's no hope, there's no endeavor. Energy is gone. We need hope. And uh, my definition, this is my personal definition of hope. When I try and impart hope to people, I just say to them, better days are ahead for you. There are better days. Tell the person next to you, there's better days ahead for you. People need to hear that. People need to hear that. (laughs) And you know, it's biblical. It's biblical. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Oh, just the past, past years of my life? No, all the days, all the days of my life. All right, the plans he has for you are what, for good? Is that right, to give you a future and a hope? So there's Bible, friends. This is not wishful thinking. This is not just sort of, you know, humanism or whatever. This is out of the heart of the Bible. Your best days are ahead of you. That is hope, friends. And that's the hope I live by and I trust you live by as well. But I love this statement by Robert Shuler who said, let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Huh? Come on. It's not your hurts. We've all got hurts. Oh my goodness. I'm carrying some hurts, man. We've all got hurts. But we can't let that shape our future. We can't let that dictate what the rest of our life is going to be like. Because sometimes we can feel so hurt and so broken and so devastated. We think, gosh, nothing good can ever happen for my life. No. I say, no. Do not let your hurts shape your future. Let God shape your future. Let the Holy Spirit shape your future. Let the Word of God shape your future. Not the hurts, not the pain, not what people have done to you, not what people have done to other people. Some people get lost and hurt. Don't get lost and hurt. Get lost in God. Get lost in the Word of God. Get lost in the Holy Spirit, and He will fill you with hope. So we want conference next year to be a conference of hope. 
And I believe that God's gonna help us to impart that to so many people. Romans 15, 13, you know it well. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know you see that word there, abound? In the Greek, that's parisio. And it actually means to have an excess. To super abound in hope. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. If you're sitting here thinking, man, my hope's down, it's low, it's limited. God can fill you with hope to overflowing as you connect with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you know the word hope occurs in the New Testament 50 times? 50 times. I reckon God knew every week you're gonna need an injection of hope. <laughs> Once a week, he's put it in the Bible, and hey, you'll, you'll find it in there. There's only one requirement. <laughs> Don't you have to read it? Just saying. Just a passing thought. I saw you got all very excited about that point. All right. Some of you, there was this lady, and um, she was doing really well in life. There may be people like this here today, but suddenly she lost it all. Everything was taken from her in one fell swoop. Lost her job, her dreams were taken, her relationships fell apart, and it's kind of like she had nothing left. What do you do when the world around you crumbles? And it's crumbling for a lot of people right now. And uh, God gave her a vision in this vision, there's a small coin put into her hand. And she looks into that coin, she looks at the coin, and the coin has one word on it. It's a vision from God. Do you know what that word was? Hope. God knew that that one word would carry her through the traumatic days. And guess what? It did. Hope, friends, is just an enormous, enormous thing. Imagine a conference of hope. Who reckons a nation needs that right now? Oh man, I reckon it needs it. So we're gonna believe for God to do that in our midst. You know, through New Zealand and beyond, we wanna impart hope to the church as well, the church of New Zealand, and to, to our nation. You know, church has taken a big hit over COVID, a really big hit. And um, attendances have declined. In many churches, people's faith has waned. Some have lost their faith. Some churches have closed down. Some pastors have quit. Others are thinking of quitting. You know, the church is probably even more lukewarm than it was before that, and our nation, as you know, is falling into a, an abyss of darkness. Some people, some, some people feel no hope especially the next generation. Why plan for the future? There may not be one. What's it gonna look like? They dull the pain on drugs and alcohol and addictions and all that kind of thing. Many look at the state of the church and they, they feel the church is just powerless to make a difference, powerless to change the tide of decline and compromise and evil within our nation. They feel the church is powerless to even be revived itself, to be what it's meant to be. Do you know, just listen to this for a moment. Every generation of Christians 
is a seed sown to the next generation. We have to ask ourselves the question, what seed is our generation sowing into the next generation? Because it will only reproduce after its kind. If we sow a lukewarm, compromised seed into the next generation, it's not gonna be even like this generation, it will be a little bit worse. And so the trend becomes downwards in terms of Christian character, fervor, passion, all of those things. I don't know about you folks, but I can't stand by and watch. I can't stand by and ignore what is happening and what is taking place. This tide of a degenerating Christian faith must be stopped in Jesus' name. The compromise, the lukewarmness, the lack of character has to be stopped now in Jesus' name. Otherwise, the next generation is gonna be worse than this generation, the lukewarmness is gonna be even more lukewarm, the compromise is going to be even worse, and God forbid that that should ever happen. Not under my watch, not under your watch. We cannot, we must not allow this to take place. So we've gotta do something. And as we look at this whole situation, many people feel it's hopeless that it can't be done. Friends, I'm here to tell you that I don't feel hopeless. I don't feel this cannot be done. I have more faith than I've ever had in my whole life. I have more hope than I've ever had in my entire life. I believe we can turn the tide of the church. I believe we can revive the church of our nation. I believe the church of New Zealand can rise to its finest hour but it's gonna take some effort. It's gonna take some determination on our part. It's not just gonna happen. And this is why New Zealand Beyond, if you've been here long enough, you know that I can never stop talking about it. And you might, people say he goes on and on and on about New Zealand Beyond. But why? Because I'm fighting for the church of our nation. I'm fighting for our land. How can I be not passionate about that? Look, people protest. You know, it it annoys me. People get up and they protest about climate change. Good for them. They protest about Black Lives Matter. Good for them. They, they they, they, They protest about wages. But friends, I think it's time that we protest about the condition of our nation and the state of the church. And I, for one, I protest, friends. I protest at what is happening. And in some ways, maybe New Zealand and beyond is a protest that we gotta bring this nation back to God, we gotta revive the church and set on fire, and I believe we can do that so that the church is no longer sidelined, no longer ridiculed, no longer scorned and mocked, no longer a voice, but a force that cannot be ignored. And you know one of the foundational keys to doing this, of course, is prayer, which I've been talking about so much. Mark eleven seventeen. my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I'm gonna say what I've said before. 
Some of you may have not heard it online in-house. The lack of prayer in the Western church must be one of the greatest tragedies of our time. The foundational identity of a Christian and of the church is prayer according to the word of God. So what we're gonna do at this conference next year, and we've been talking about it, is we're gonna take prayer to another level. So we will have one of our prayer encounter sessions, but also we're gonna make prayer available after most of our sessions. You know, we might preach the word of God, and then, like we did this morning, call people forward for prayer. After services are over, we're gonna hopefully have time at the, in the auditorium again where people can continue to get prayer. And so we wanna saturate New Zealand and beyond next year with prayer over three days. And friends, when we do that, imagine, who reckons if you did that, God will do something? Imagine what will happen. A conference, you know, to, for a conference to focus on prayer is very unusual for a national conference to do this. New Zealand and beyond is important to the health of our nation and to the health of the church of our nation. And I believe prayer is a massive part of it, a massive ingredient of what we need to do uh, in the conference. Of course, our theme is Unite. So I've got the Unite t-shirts on. You can, uh, they're not bad, are they? You can buy one on the way up, $15 I think they are, and um, uh, put one on and enjoy it. But we're called, see part of this, we're called to unite the body of Christ. We're champions for the body of Christ. And we all know in the day of Pentecost, there was two things that brought revival and the outbreak of God. There was prayer and unity. So in New Zealand Beyond, will be prayer and unity. When we get enough of that, I believe God can really do something in our midst. Do you know that very, I have spoken in, or very soon, I will have spoken in uh, an Anglican church, Salvation Army, Presbyterian church, Baptist church, and a whole lot of other churches as well. When you're a champion for unity, God opens the door to the body of Christ. It's just amazing how, and I'm really, not, not uh, sometime this year, I'm gonna be preaching in a combined Anglican churches meeting. Come on, come on. I'm more excited about that than most other things. I love the Anglicans. Faith, hope, but the greatest of these is love. I want New Zealand beyond 23 marked by great love. John 13, 35, by this we'll all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 35, behold how they love one another. I'm gonna share my heart for a couple of minutes. The last few years, I've been involved with people in our nation. That have been hurt, broken, devastated by the lack of love from other Christians. I've had people say to me, I'm more loved by the unchurched world than the people within the church. I've been so disappointed, 
shocked, hurt by the lack of Christian character and fruit of the Spirit among God's people and within his church. The level of judgment, criticism, backbiting, and gossip is just so wrong. And this is the church of Jesus Christ. It's led me to a prayer that I pray on a regular basis. And I say, God, help me to be a faithful image bearer of what Jesus is like to this broken world. Lord, when, I, when people encounter me, let them encounter something of what Jesus is like. And God, would you raise up your church to be a faithful reflection of what you are really like. The unwillingness of people to deal with conflicts, to sort out relationships, to forgive the very fundamentals of our faith is just, it's blowing my mind. And so friends, all this to say, I've never felt more passionate to see the church, our church, reflect to the world what Jesus is really like, a God of unconditional love, kindness, acceptance, forgiveness, right relationships, godly character, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, I think I've said enough. <laughs> the carnality among Christians needs to change. I'm thankful that as a church across our campuses, we are growing in love. I see it, I feel it in this place. I don't know if anyone else does, but I feel it. I feel that there's coming a, a greater acceptance of one another. There's come, a sorting out of relationships. And oh, we've got a way to go but we're making progress in that. And I think that to me, is one of the most encouraging things that I've, that I've seen over the last short while in Church Unlimited. But I wanted now to take that to the body of Christ. Yeah. Through New Zealand and beyond, to take that love, that acceptance, that Christian character, that all of those qualities and let the body of Christ begin to experience it. There was a, Mother Teresa said this, um, people who truly love one another, listen to this, are the happiest people in the world. Even if they have little or nothing, she said, everything depends on how we love one another. What a great statement. She was a great woman of God. So as I wrap this up, one of the things with God's help we're planning to do to create this incredible atmosphere of faith, hope, and love, and especially of love, is we plan outside there to have this huge marquee. <laughs> and uh, you know, one that will seat probably several hundred people. So. You know, people can uh, enjoy food. We'll have the food trucks will be there. Coffee machines will be there. So people can, you know, during morning teas and lunches can, you know, fellowship, connect, love one another, build unity, and just create this environment, this buzz. You know, people just connecting, loving, uh, looking after one another. And we, we may even uh, give out some free food treats. Now, when an Indian pastor gives out free food treats, you know revival has come. 
<laughs> so, no, we just, we're going to do everything we can. So, look, can I encourage you? <laughs> Seats are limited. Get registered today. Um, at New Zealand Beyond 23, my heartfelt prayer is this place, inside and outside, will be a house of faith, a house of hope, a house of prayer, a house of love, a house of healing, a house of encounter. We really would love online, campuses, everyone here to join us in this great mission for what I believe will be a conference like we've not had before. God will take it, I believe, to another level. Hey, thank you, campuses. Thank you for joining with us today. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your service.